Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on another Linners and Moosers episode. My name is Ricardo Cominelli. I'm joined again by my friend, Nick Rosser. I'm feeling good, feeling good. That's a nice shirt you got there. We're pretty excited following that Colorado Rapids victory last night. Colorado Rapids, number one in the Western Conference, going into playoffs. How are we feeling, Nick? I'm actually feeling good. I'm, I love that we got the bye week, and, and I love that we might play teams in the conference semifinals that we've already beat this year pretty handily yeah we got that home field advantage after just taking one loss at home that's a pretty good stat going into the playoffs I'm not going to be a not going to lie here but we're also going to be bringing you a weekend recap of the Premier League scores just go into detail about those games uh, we had the Manchester Derby that was really uh what are your thoughts on that you know Manchester United zero Manchester City two goals I just think uh, Ole's time is probably up this summer. I think that's the time the Glazers will give him. So, yeah, I just don't think the football is working out. Okay, so you think he's going to go ahead and uh, stay till the summer? Yeah, okay. I just think right now Ole's taking all the blame that the Glazers would be receiving. So I think they'll keep him around just for the rest of the year. Okay. In the Manchester Derby, uh, Manchester United did not have Rafael Varane. They did not have Paul Pogba for suspension. But Manchester City did not have Emeric Laporte either. He was suspended for a red card. Manchester United failed to register more than five shots, Nick, but uh, a Bailey own goal, which just concluded all of Manchester United's poor defending that's been happening all season. And then Lindelof almost had an own goal, but if it wasn't for De Gea's heroics over the weekend, I thought he had a pretty good performance. But uh, going back to that, not registering more than five shots with having players like Ronaldo? I think I think they have more shots against De Gea than they did Ederson, which is super funny to me because I'm a Liverpool fan. But yeah, don't they know. don't not know. They do not know what they're doing going forward. I think like when they play that low block, I don't think they're counterattacking players already because Ronaldo is not the counterattacking player he was, and the rest of their wingers have been very poor. Right now, uh, Manchester United sits in sixth place in the Premier League with 17 points. They are now six points behind rivals Manchester City. But uh, Manchester United were not the only ones to lose over the weekend. I know that your club, Liverpool, lost to David Moyes as West Ham. How are you feeling after that? Yeah, not good, honestly. It's just disappointing after coming off the 2-2 or tie with Brighton or whatever it was. That was so disappointing, too. It's just we were, on the, we were top of the world like two weeks ago, beating United 5-0, and now we're sitting in fourth place, four points behind the leaders. You know, I was watching that second half there right before West Ham really took off there, and uh, it all came down with there was some shambles there in the middle. I mean, I don't think balls were really finding Mohamed Salah out wide or – I didn't think the service, a lot of the players really put the balls um, on target. We had that Mane miss at the end there. How did you feel about that? That was, I mean, that was kind of shocking. A player with that form, I was thinking, man, years ago, during that uh, peak of his, he would have put that away. And then I think his just form this season, I hope it doesn't continue from what it was last season where it was kind of poor. He kind of just finds his rhythm back there. But does it kind of show where Sadio Mane is headed there? Yeah, I feel like we're going to see more and more of those misses than like 
clutch moments for Mane right now. I just don't think his head seems like it's in it as it was. Like he's been received, he's been receiving a lot of criticism. I wonder if he's been taking it to heart. Well, uh, West Ham though. Yeah, I was. I West Ham though. Then they didn't. They didn't stop. They really uh, put on the Jets there and really uh, went through. There was a. Did you think that a goal from Ogbonna was a foul on the, you know on Allison or was it fair play? I mean, we got called the goal back last year against United for the same thing. So I, I just want consistent refing in the Premier League. Allison should 100 should do better, but I don't. If it's an Allison own goal and Ogbonna doesn't even touch it, then <laughs> he might have fouled him. But. I was more concerned about that challenge like two minutes later on Henderson when the uh, what's-his-face went over the ball and almost got him. Cresswell with yeah, the Cresswell. high tackle a little bit. That was a little shocking. I, that, don't worry, not, Henderson not even was a foul, a not a yellow card, not nothing. a free kick. It was nothing. They saw that, and they were like, that's fair ball. So I'm more concerned about that. But right now, West Ham are just playing so well. They're, they're cruising right now. They're in the Devin league. Moises in the league. Got them. Devin Moises got them in a title race right now. That's what I'm saying. I, I was really following them along all week, and I really took interest in watching them uh, midweek in the Europa League against Genk there, and I really thought, hey, West Ham with the form they've been having, it, I think they're going to go ahead and come here at Genk and just go ahead and give it to them. But they struggled midweek. It was kind of disappointing, and I thought we might have seen a similar result against Liverpool. Oh, I think David Moyes ball is really doing well over at West Ham, uh, even without Lingard this season. They had him last season. They have the players this year who have been really stepping up. Their top goal scorer, I think, right now is Michael Antonio. Um, so David Moyes, honestly, would be the man for Man United if you didn't have the chance for Man United already, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think David Moyes does well with, like, clubs outside the top six. There's less mm -hmm. pressure. Like, what you expect to make is probably the top four or at least a spot in Europe. So I think Davin Moyes is at a good place. I know he received heavy criticism the moment he was appointed by West Ham. Like, fans didn't want him, but I think he's probably changed their minds, honestly. They could have put more on Liverpool, if we're being honest. If it wasn't for Virgil van Dijk, they honestly could have scored four or five goals that game. Yeah, talking about the Liverpool defense, Nick, I kind of like Matip's style of play when he gets up. I think he's good on the ball sometimes when he drives, but, you know, with the if Joe Gomez comes back into the starting lineup or if Konate is a player that you like, what does that back four for Liverpool kind of look like going forward? Um, going forward right now, I still, I might keep Matip, but I, I think we'll do Trent, Matip, Van Dyke, and I want to do, I want to see Samikas because every time he's played, we've kept a clean sheet. He's got assists already in the year. Andy Rabo just seems like he's struggling at the moment. And I just think he needs maybe a break. He hasn't had a break in that position in so long. Yeah, absolutely. Played all of last season, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, moving on from Liverpool, Chelsea uh, drop points. They tie Burnley. Um, Nick, is Tuchel playing attractive football? I mean, are they going to go ahead and continue this form? Are they still title contenders? Yeah, they're still title contenders. But is this, is this style of football what's going to get them to the end there? I don't believe so. I think we'll find cracks in the dam. They're playing like 10 men behind the ball and winning games 1-0. It's, that's not like a, if, if you're looking at that as like, like that form won't last forever. Like 
it's probably just like a purple patch that Chelsea's having. I think as we've seen when they've played like the bigger teams, they are forced in their own half the whole time. Like City dominated them and got the result out of them. And I think, and that was at Stanford Bridge. I think they'll do it again in the Etihad. And then I think Liverpool played really well against Chelsea. I think the red card ruined them, to be honest, like, because then Chelsea were just going to stick with their whole game plan, knowing they were up 1-0. Chelsea so right now, last. you don't think it'll last? I think Chelsea right now are in pretty good form. I think even though they're doing this um, 1-0, you know, wins, even even occasionally where they've had some higher winnings, 2-0, um, I think they're just missing that big man up top, Romelu Lukaku. Yeah, they have players. Kyle Havertz has been doing what people think flop of the season. I don't think he has. He's their Chelsea top joint scorer at the moment. He finds his times with the score. He might miss out on those big opportunities, those big games, but, you know, and he's still riding that wave from the Champions League goal. But he's been doing pretty well. Um, haven't really been seeing much of Timo Werner for Chelsea. Christian Pulisic just got back. Um, you know, he got subbed on against Burnley. He got selected for the U.S. men's national team for the World Cup qualifiers against Mexico coming up here uh, this Friday. Um, do you think he do should think have... He should, uh, sorry, do you think he should have... Uh subbed on earlier because they were I think putting Pulisic on against those tired Burnley legs even if he's not they if he's back in training and he's on the bench then I think he's fit enough to play 20 to 30 minutes so I think he could have killed that game off instead they let Burnley come back they let Burnley back in the game yeah I mean from the minutes he played it kind of just looked like more of a cardio session just to kind of get him back into what the speed of the game is doesn't necessarily go out there and be a game changer I think he just needs to go ahead and take these next few days uh, with the national team during their camps to fully go ahead and get his game fitness up and then see if he can be integrated um, to come on as a sub during the Mexico game. So, um, no, I don't think he should have been subbed on earlier. Uh, maybe um, if Tuchel had some different tactics, maybe he felt a little bit more like he needed to go up or uh, create different attacking chances by playing the ball through Pulisic more. Um, but I think it was morely just for of a get out there and uh, get the flow of what the speed of the game is, get that cardio session out there. It's kind of sad, but, uh, you know, he just came back from injury and he's pretty injury prone, pretty expensive player for Chelsea. And uh, he brings the results when needed. So you want to go ahead and make sure that you keep a player like that healthy, you know? If you're only going to give him like five minutes, then why bring him at all, though? Like, what was the point? <laughs> what was the point? <laughs> I don't know. So I, don't, I, I don't make I feel like you could rest you know, them more. So. Yeah, you could rest know. them more. But at the same time, I, again, there was some pressure, I think, just to go ahead and see if he's going to go ahead and come back. And uh, I think in this sport, I don't think it matters what time you make the substitution, the player, you know, in the moment, some, anything can happen. And, you know, just, again, to get that five minutes, whatever it was, I go out there and uh, just get that cardio session. was definitely more, I think, what the objective was rather than go out there and be the difference maker. Um, we just need him to go ahead and get healthy here. Again, if he can even get 20 minutes, I think if he comes on anything earlier than the 66th minute for the U.S., um, I don't think we'll see him earlier than that. But if he does come in earlier than that, I, I wonder what the game will be like at the time, you know, if we're down or if we need to exploit some space on the wings. But uh, if we're if yeah. we're playing, you know, if we're – I don't want to go ahead and give too much on the U.S. We'll go ahead and discuss the U.S. men's national team later this week. You know, we'll go ahead and have our friends from DOS Champions back on. 
a podcast there to go ahead and uh, discuss our roster reactions. Just go ahead and discuss a little bit of that Greg's uh, Zoom interview that he had and his words on the roster selection and just kind of what we expect from the Mexico game. So are you excited for that? I'm, pretty excited. I'm excited for that. I like the boys from the Dallas champions. They're good guys. What I actually want to get into you right now is Aston Villa. They lose yet again. I know we talked about them last week and if Dean uh, Smith was the right man for the job and he was sacked as of yesterday. So what are your thoughts? Um, I think the sack was coming. I mean, they need to go ahead and take the time to really look at the options of who can they bring in. I think they have a lot of great attacking talents that they spend their money wisely if they bring in a good manager who can go ahead and use the flow of some of these pacey players and use Buendia as at his fullest to go ahead and use him as a playmaker to go ahead and uh, have players like Ollie Watkins in the box. Who else? Who else has Aston Villa have that they um, have recently? Danny Ings. Yeah, but he's uh, been injured. He's been injured. Yeah, Leon Bailey. Leon Bailey on the wings. Yeah, he'll be interesting to see in the World Club qualifiers as well. I think he'll be a nice. I think be a nice threat uh, when we go ahead and the U.S. plays against Jamaica there. Um. But I, think, I, I predicted I, it last week. I, 10 points in their first 11 matches. That's not what we expect at Aston Villa sitting 16th place in the league. They're barely scrapping with the relegation clubs. Yeah. And I think right now, um, if they use the next few weeks to bring in a perfectly good manager that goes ahead and uh, has an objective to the club, they do it, use their attacking players as best as possible. And to kind of go ahead and experiment as well until Christmas, you can kind of go ahead and give that person the opportunity in January transfer market to kind of look at where are those pieces missing. I mean, Tyro Mings is not even uh, playing for Aston Villa right now. He did get that England call-up over Ben White, which I was kind of... shocking. Because yeah. you hear from the Aston Villa supporters that they're, they're not even a fan of Tyro Mings right now. They don't believe he should even be starting for them. Right, right. And... Uh, so there's a lot going on at the club, some eyebrows being raised, and it kind of just resembles that time where Tottenham sold Gareth Bale and then, you know, try to use that money wisely and the players that they need and a system that they really should be flowing um, in the Premier League. But uh, yeah, we'll see who goes ahead and takes the helm over at Aston Villa and then going into the January transfer market. I do predict that they are going to go ahead and go in again in the January transfer market, maybe fill in some holes what's missing, just go ahead and uh, suit to the new manager's role. Um, and then hopefully, you know, they make it up, they climb up the table. I don't think they're anywhere near relegation. I don't think they're going to go ahead and actually go ahead and get relegated. I think they'll be I don't think so, still yeah. in the Premier League next year. You don't think so? No, I don't think they'll get relegated either. They have too much talent too. And I don't think just losing Grealish was going to hurt that much. So I think like they'll bounce back. It's only Absolutely. less than a third of the season. And I know Daniel Fark is... Uh, available for hire is there anybody else you think you should uh they look at no nah, i'm not sure daniel fark would probably not be my option either after he's only got five points in 11 matches for norwich city who we just got their first win and got sacked the following day fonseca is available fonseca is available that'd be nice who else is available right now um, um i know eddie howe is not anymore he's the new newcastle manager what are your thoughts on that new Newcastle manager, Eddie Howe? After his... I actually really like Eddie Howe. Really? 
Yeah, except I think he like if he gets a bigger budget, he had he was the he was the Bournemouth manager. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're a small market team, not even treading in this league anymore. So I think it's a having Newcastle. I think and Eddie Howe was really good at avoiding relegation. So I think coming into Newcastle, he will get a January transfer window with these new owners. And I think I think it's gonna look good for Newcastle, even though I want them to get relegated. To be honest, I think uh, I think it might look good for them. Well, it's nice to see at least someone's have some positive attitudes towards it. I think honestly, um, yeah, he's had some great success with Burnmouth, bringing him up to the Championship, up to the Premier League, even staying in the Premier League for a while. Um, but if Newcastle's, I don't really understand what their mission goal is or what their objective for the future, what their five-year goal plan is, if they're looking to go ahead and actually start being one of those clubs like Manchester City that have become, you know, a Premier League dog just by having so many of that financial backing, or if they were just looking to, I don't know, I don't know if they're looking to go ahead and bring Eddie Howe, as you just mentioned, someone who survives the relegation. His January transfer market, it kind of will be interesting to see what his tag, targets will be. Um, I'm hoping that he doesn't look around in some of those Premier League scraps, players that have not have been given those minutes. I'm sure that maybe he might be able to pick up one or two gems, uh, players that can go ahead and go fit there. But there's also some players, you know, in outside markets that he can definitely go ahead and look into and take advantage of um, that are still performing at a high level. I don't know, Newcastle, uh, if they can go ahead and come out with a five-year mission statement for me so I can understand what type of club they're looking to become, you know, uh, I don't want to see them get relegated. I think um, just because of they with this buyout here and their and their new financial backing, I think um, I want to go ahead and see a new a team like this still in the Premier League. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what it's like maybe uh, for seeing a team with such financial backing. What if they're a mid-table team for the next like 15 years, Nick? Uh, what if they're like a financially huge team with just this much resource, but they're just like, you know what? We are content 15th in the table. We are content. As long as it's above Everton, then I'm fine with that. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, you know, Everton tie um, Antonio Conte's Tottenham. Um, Antonio Conte, now this is his second game in charge. No losses yet. He's got a win and a tie. Um, Still the right man. I mean, I know it's too early, but I think Antonio Conte was saying that Tottenham are indeed a big club. They have the right facility. They have the right mindset and everything. January will be kind of nice to see what kind of players that bring in. Um, like I know, I know it's just two games. Is the right man? Is this the man that Tottenham needs to go ahead and push him forward? I still think so. I think he's already identified the defense as just absolutely. I mean, there's players there that are shouldn't even be playing defense, is what he was pretty much thinking with Eric Dyer there and his midfielders with. Uh, Hoberg and Skip, I think he needs to find more players that are creative. Um, and Dumble has kind of been just like slowing down a little bit. And uh, now attacking three of Kane, Son, and Lucas still has a lot to produce for Harry Kane, uh, excuse me, for Antonio Conte. So I think Conte is going to go ahead and probably reinterpret that 3 4 3. It'll be nice to go ahead and see what kind of players he brings in. I think he's going to go ahead and shop in the Serie A a little bit. I think. Uh, defensively, he might want to go ahead and bring a true center back. I know Inter's debate is an option that's been rumored around him, uh, maybe even Bastoni, but uh, another Where player... Where do you think they finish this year? 
Tottenham, again, I think it's still a little too early for me to go ahead and actually just shoot them uh, somewhere spot in the Premier League. I'd like to go ahead and see what Antonio Conte develops, the blueprints for it. And then if he starts working towards that goal and if he's like identified his targets, because once before the Premier League starts, we start, you know, seeing what their primary targets are and how likely they're leaning towards those players. Then we have an idea that they're going to go ahead and acquire those in January. We go ahead and evaluate those players, how they've been performing and how they fit in that system. And then I can go ahead and say, okay, you know, I think Antonio Conte, Antonio Conte, based on since he's been appointed and now what he's looking to go ahead and, you know, acquire these targets, you know, they might finish eighth in the Premier League. Don't think Should we be judging him next season instead of this season? I think it'll be nice to go ahead and still judge him at the end of the season where he brings them. I think at the, depending on his results at the end of the season, if Tottenham do end up higher and they do perform, they turn it around and it's a very positive season, you know, Kane, double digit scores on double digits goals, you know, they end up top 10, even higher than eighth. I think it's fair to go ahead and say Tottenham have done a great Great turnaround to the season, and then it's time to go ahead and judge him based on the new season because come the summer transfer market, he's going to go ahead and say, wow, this season, you were a liability. You were not a critical asset to my team. I need to get you out of here. And then he's going to go ahead and shop some more. So I think this year is kind of like, are you our savior? Just kind of like turn it around. And then once they do that, it's kind of next season, we'll go ahead and judge him more on from the beginning. And, And it'll be interesting, you know, if he goes ahead and keeps Kane, if not, who he can go ahead and bring in and what the league will look like next season with Tottenham. But right now, Antonio Conte, a name like that in the Premier League should excite you. I know it excites me. Um, He is a proven champion. We've spoken about that last week. Um, Nick, Norwich City win their first game of the season. Uh, How exciting is that? Um, No, what do they do? (laughs) I was thinking about, I was thinking about as Norwich City might be the worst Premier League team I've seen, but then they just got their first win. So I was like, all right, let me look at the table. And now I notice Newcastle is even without a win and they're both tied on points. But they win their first game and sack their manager, Daniel Fark, who's been at the club for the last four and a half years. So I feel like he implemented his own culture in there. So do I think that was the right decision? Probably, because I think at their rate, they were easily going to be going down to the championship again, which is what the owners do not want. So I think at the end of the day, it's sad to see him go. And I know he's a free agent now, but I think it was the right decision. Norwich City need to turn their season around and quickly if they want to avoid relegation. Yeah. Do you have anyone in mind that could go ahead and maybe take a look at the club and say, hey, I kind of want to take on this project? I, I have no idea at the moment, actually. Me neither. I'm not going to lie. Neither do I. It'll be interesting to see who they appoint. And just like the Tottenham scenario, I think this one will be like, can this person be our savior? Turn it around. And for them, it'll be a more uh, different objective than Tottenham, where Tottenham are just trying to turn it around. Still don't know what their end goal are right now. But Norwich, I know for a fact that they're looking to go ahead and, number one, stay in the Premier League, and number two, uh, you know, build for next year. But the number one goal right now is to stay in the Premier League and appoint that right manager that can go ahead and lead them to. We'll go ahead and keep following them closely. A team with no manager, we're definitely going to go ahead and look around the speculation, the news conferences, anything that comes out so we could go ahead and give you that information to our listeners. Um, any last thoughts on Norwich or the Premier League, Nick? Oh, you I know what? Hope, uh, I just hope uh, Josh Argent doesn't play on the wing anymore for Norwich. I want to see 
the American number nine playing number nine, whether that's mm-hmm. swapping minutes for Pookie. Because Arjun's played pretty well this year. He's just uh, – his form has just dropped as of late, but I think Norwich is just not a serviceable team at the moment. So I think – I just want to see Josh Sargent playing a little bit better ball at number nine instead of as a seven or 11. Yeah, and – you know, that really has cost them, I think, right now, the call-up to the uh, U.S. men's national team. The U.S. men's national team is not even doing the you know, original number nine, and we'll go ahead and get into detail about that. And players like PFOC, DK didn't also get the call-up. But Josh Sargent, you know, even if we did do that number nine role, shouldn't even be in consideration. With a team like Norwich, and you mentioned a player like Pookie right now playing that number nine, um, We'll see what his uh, future will look like. I do want to see him get that more playing time. Uh, maybe a move away from the club. Uh, alone? I think alone would be a good option. Is there a team right now that could use a number nine? Like a, a younger team? Somewhere maybe, I don't know, Bundesliga again to bring him back in there. Uh, Serie A. Mm-hmm. I know if, if he went in the Bundesliga, where Brandon just got relegated? So he wouldn't be able to go ahead and go back to that club. Uh, you know, that history there is done. Um, who knows? I I, if if a loan move is the best option for him come January, I think we should go ahead and put that on our radar. Uh, is Josh Sargent going to go ahead and look to move elsewhere from Norwich? Or is this new gaffer that's going to go ahead and get appointed looking to go ahead and implement a player like that? Subbing we'll just have Pookie? To wait. Imagine subbing Pookie. Football Twitter, <laughs> how they're going to react. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, oh. And... I don't want to call those out just on the Premier League. I didn't need to go ahead and cover them. I brushed them off last week. I almost did it again. I promise you there's no agenda here. It's just how I accidentally minimize my window. Let's just go ahead and uh, bring up a London team that's gone under the radar. They've been moving in silence like the Jean Lasagna. Climbing up to the table. Fifth place with 20 points. Arsenal are victorious over Watford with a 1-0 win from Emile Smith-Rowe. He's so good. I love Emile Smith-Rowe. Is he the best short sock player in the league? <laughs> <laughs> he honestly might be. Maybe Conte. <laughs> okay. Okay. None of uh, that. 100 million. None of that. It's good to see Arsenal, though, above, like, relegation, Arsenal above title-contending Manchester United right now. I, it's awesome to see. Yeah, they snuck up. Honestly, uh, a lot of the uh, negative spotlight was on Manchester United and in Ole's position. And then Nuno Espirito Santo got the sack, and then the Conte news brought things around. And we we just had a week, I guess the two weeks, of just like, that Arsenal just kind of took advantage and uh, – I think they're on 10 unbeaten games right now in all competition with two of them being ties. Um, Arsenal in their last four, uh, I don't think they conceded any goals. Um, I think they've been mostly 2-0 victories, except for this Watford one has been a 1-0 victory. Uh, so they're they're kind of finding form under Arteta. Is Arteta ball working? Do you like what you're seeing, Nick? I think we'll, I think we'll have to judge after the game, after the break, because they're going to Anfield. So we'll see if they're truly inform or not because that'll be a tough place to go because if they win they'll jump Liverpool as well and be in a title race of their own so I think I think we're we'll judge Arsenal after that game okay a little more we'll see go if ahead they'll be and... put back to reality or something 
we'll go ahead and give them some time and then uh, judge them maybe after the break here. But uh, before we move on from them, just want to go ahead and point out, um, this is a no from me, but for you, Nick, did you have them in the title race at the beginning of the season? No, I thought Arsenal were going to finish like 12th this year. So this is, this is definitely a positive. I think this is a thumbs up move. This has been a nice 10 games that Arsenal has been riding off. Um, I don't think if they, if they take an L coming up, that should be a panic. I think, you know, uh, 10 games. I just think we'll a, see where they're at though. I just think we'll see where they're at. Well, there's more. some correction, you know, there's no, if they start winning all these games, eventually, you know, you'll run into a loss, but if they continue, I mean, if that loss comes in a domestic cup or some other game, that's not the league where it matters and good for them. If they drop points on a tie, that's even better than a loss, but uh you know, don't be too upset. You know, you know if that ten unbeaten game streak ends or whatever. You know, you can go ahead. Oh, I won't and be. Around. That's Liverpool. <laughs> We're playing Liverpool, so I hope it ends. Well, I hope Liverpool turns it around. I thought they had a fantastic performances in the Champions League. I think it was like what after that Atletico game that kind of turned it down a little bit. Yeah, you tied. You had that tight tied in. You had that tie in Brighton two two. You know, and then now that this loss in West Ham. There's no panic there. We've seen this happen with Klopp. A few losses here and there with Liverpool. Seen to turn it around. Don't want to rely too much on Mohamed Salah right now. To, you know, despite him having a phenomenal season right now, world class player. Players like we need Mane. an attacker. We need an attacker in January. Really bad with yeah, the players like coming Mane up and Firmino's away. hamstring being destroyed. So I, we need uh we need an attacker in January desperately. Well. I don't know. We'll see if uh, Liverpool go ahead and uh, dive into the market. Um, usually news doesn't come out much out of Liverpool when they go ahead and decide to hit the transfer market. It's usually pretty secluded and we have to wait until literally days before. Uh, so <laughs> it's, I'm sure it's a pain for you, Nick. It's, it's a pain, yeah. FSG work in silence. Yeah, well, on that note, that go ahead and conclude our Premier League weekend recap. We went ahead and dove into details on a lot of teams. Um, that was a lot of fun here. We'll go ahead and continue with next week on the next Premier League weekend. Um, but for now, we dive into the good stuff, Nick. Our boys. Our boys. <laughs> Our boys <laughs> the Colorado Rapids are the number one team in the Western Conference going into the playoffs after last night's 5-2 victory over Los Angeles FC. It was a miracle. Honestly, I I can't believe it. If you look at the results of the guys we were going up against, yes, we were not informed, but having Seattle Sounders only get three points in their last six matches, not winning a single one, that's that's something that doesn't happen. Having Sporting Kansas City lose their last three games in a row, like everything literally fell into place. It's so nice to see. We now get the automatic bid for the CONCACAF Champions League due to the U.S. Open Cup being canceled again. So... We're good to see a Rapids out there more in the in the soccer world. A big round of applause to head coach Robert Fraser. I thought he had it tactically spot on when we had the ball coming out of the back in the first half. Uh, we kind of looked like we had that formation of the 3-4-2-1. Um, our center backs, uh, Bubakar, Trusty, uh, Wilson, especially him on the ball, uh, looking up the field to find, to find Mark Anthony Kay and even Jonathan Lewis. Um, I thought... It worked perfectly, sucking them into the uh, into our half, even close to our box. 
um, they felt very close to where I was sitting on our end. And then finding that long ball over the right back of LAFC into the space for Jonathan Lewis to run off. And that's where our first goal came off with Kellen Acosta got into space behind the right back for LAFC and then played in a ball uh, right across the six for Jonathan Lewis to tap it in. Speed was phenomenal. The composure was phenomenal. That was a great ball all around. And then, I mean, the game just went from there. 5-2 victory. We can go ahead and uh, talk about all the goal scorers. Jonathan Lewis went ahead and got two. He got a second one in the second half after pressure was put on the LAFC uh, defense. I think it was Rubio who put on the pressure on the center back, some shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder action, and then played the ball in where, you know, he took a touch and then slotted it. Um, when our boy Cole Bassett got subbed on, he had some great, great um, composure into finding Barrios out wide, receiving the ball back, and then faking the shot, dragging the ball back at the top of the box, and then just curling it over in the post. Where we were standing, it was the most beautiful curve. It was like, Ooh. He's been so unlucky this year, so I, I love to see that. It was very it was very nice to see him, you know, get the opportunity to go up front and uh, – I think the Rapids' depth really showed last night that players can come in and just bring on their style of gameplay. Um, I think Betashore, when he played that ball into Dominic Baji, just to slot it away, just showed a different style of play that we can play. Our forwards can get into the box and be a threat in the air and just slot balls like that away. And we just brought a whole different style of uh, soccer last night. And it was exciting to see the Colorado Rapids win. Um, a lot, I, you know, the goal that came from LAFC, the first one was, you know, huge composure uh, from the Colorado Rapids. We just scored and then we conceded. I think it, was not, it wasn't even like two minutes later. Uh, we were still celebrating from the goal. I think Jonathan Lewis just got subbed off. So as he was walking out, we were still clapping him because he was in front of us, you know. And, you know, they scored. Um, I did have my worries at the beginning of the game. I thought just with the way we were playing from, from the back line and trying to find the forwards up top, uh, with Colin Warner in the middle. Uh, it took him some time to kind of get him accosted, uh, and his touches were a little bit off at first. He kind of lost possession of time holding it a little bit, but we just kind of found that rhythm. And um, again, just finding that space behind the center backs for Lewis to go ahead and run in, just that's what worked the most, just stretching them out and uh, exciting. The Colorado Rapids are number one in the West, fully deserved. We get home field advantage. We are absolutely a machine when it comes to playing at Big Sporting Goods Park. I mean, the atmosphere is phenomenal. I have posted video. I'll go ahead and post another video here of what the pregame celebration was like. Uh, I mean, I just can't wait to go to the playoff game and see who we get to go ahead and go against. I believe you pointed it out, Nick. It was against the winner between um, Portland. Minnesota and Portland. Minnesota and Portland. Both scary opponents. Both we've had... The opportunity to play um i dig sporting goods park portland recently just got the whooping from us from the two yeah yep. i mean and we had a season sweep from minnesota so i think right now like, like this is our best form and i think if we do face them we will be coming out for revenge since we were handled by them in the playoffs last season 3-0 so i think the rapids are coming out and i think we're strong i think my favorite part of the match last night was how we came back after conceding the first and second goal. Because mm -hmm. instead of making it 3-1, that gets a little nervy. And we go up 4-1, then they made it 4-2. So that made it a little more nervy again, but then we killed them off. So I think watching the Rapids and how they're 
resilient even after conceding is is good to see. Because LAFC could have scored some goals yesterday. They were highly unlucky. So I think the way we just came out and put five on them, a team really trying to make the playoffs and needed the three points, I think it was good to see. I saw one of the worst misses I've ever seen yesterday from one of the LAFC players. It was in the six in the first half, and he hit the post. Was that he hit the post literally on our end, and it was brutal <laughs> to see. Very unlucky. And then with Carlos Vela got subbed on, that was uh, it. Brought a huge smile to my face because I'm no longer insecure about my belly after seeing his. So it was kind of uh, <laughs> I, when he was out there, I was like, no way, he's this big. It was my first he's time partying seeing it up. Him. Yeah, he he was like he makes Higuain look skinny when he came. He back. took his golden boot and went straight to the buffet. <laughs> But, um, yeah, exciting words. Colorado Rapids, any final thoughts or words on them, Nick? Um, I just want to say uh, I think we're going to go to the Cup this year. Um, I love the way we're playing. Having that home field advantage all the way only plays into our favor at altitude. And I just want to give a quick shout-out to the Continental 38 supporters group. They always keep the energy at the Rapids, so – and they also held a nice charity when um, before the game started. So I just think they're doing a great job with the community and I appreciate what they do for the club. Yeah, I want to go ahead and give them a special shout out. Um, Colorado Rapids will go ahead and go straight to the Western Conference semifinals with home field advantage following the winner of the Minnesota and Portland Timber games. Uh, we'll be at the playoff game, so that'll be exciting. We'll go ahead and post a lot of pictures and videos on our Instagram. You can tune in. We'll go ahead and also closer to the game, bring you previews. You can go ahead and look those up on our website, linnersandwoosers.com. We'll have articles. And of course, if we get the chance to go ahead and send you some more video content. Um, but go ahead and stay tuned as we bring you another U.S. Men's National Team podcast. As I mentioned with our friends from Das Champions, that'll go ahead and be recorded here midweek. And then we'll go ahead and have that out preview before the Mexico game. So you can go ahead and get tuned in and know what to expect. We'll also be at our respected watch parties on Friday. We'll be sending lots of pictures on that from where we are. And that'll be a lot of fun. You can go ahead and tune in. Uh, we'd like to hear your thoughts over the preview of the U.S. men's national team, who you think is going to go ahead and come out on top, what you like to see, what you expect. So go ahead and always interact with us on Twitter. Um, our Twitter page loves to go ahead and interact with you. So please go ahead and send some comments, likes, retweets. Um, any final thoughts before we go ahead and close off, Nick? I just want to say go USA and the Rapids are winning the cup. The Rapids are winning the cup. That's for sure. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Ricardo. I'm joined with Nick here. This has been a great Linners and Losers episodes. Thank you guys for tuning in and see you guys next time. Two.